a, a slow meandering affair. He wants to kick, he's gotta go now. We're with Josh Kerr. All right, here, David Rivich. Josh Kerr. David Rivich. Josh Kerr's for real. Fastest D2, 1500 meters. Josh Kerr on the outside. Way up front now is David Rivich. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Sit and Kick podcast. I'm your host, David Ribich. And I'm your better host, Josh Kerr. Welcome back. You know, I'm, I, normally this is the time where I intro a fantastic guest, world medalist, you know, NCAA winner, finalist, you know, making teams, any of that, running a marathon in your back garden, whatever you want to say. But it's a less important person, but, you know, I can intro I can intro my boy. So today, we're uh, you know I'm sitting here with the guy that sits on my shoulder, my mental battle workout warrior, my cryotherapy creature, and my blue check buddy. It's my obviously my worst host, David Ribich. How you doing, my guy? Oh my gosh, I'm good. Yeah, we went through a, a way to intro this podcast into season four because this is the first episode of the new season, and Josh figured out a new word um, in his. Uh, attempted a master's degree in communication and i think that word is alliteration and alliteration is when things sound the same um with typically with the same uh same letter my cryo creature my blue verification buddy and i guess that's just going to bring us right into the professional and personal life josh we haven't really caught up um over the mics in a while and as josh said we're verified so that means everything that we say now has so much more weight and we're so much more important and that like if you guys see us you have to follow us or bow down Throw aside the fake accounts, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, you stand no chance now. You, you stand no chance. And like, I got on Instagram and I saw not the real David Ribich. You know, I saw um, David's girlfriend's, Olivia's boyfriend, David Ribich. I'm like, these are fake accounts. And like, they're going to keep coming out. People and, you know, don't that's, know that. That's People the product of fame. Fake. You know? That's, that's the thing. Is like, we can, we can walk around now with knowing full well that, that we're sold. You know, the people who want to follow us will follow the correct account. And, you know, exactly. it, it was very much needed, you know, you know, I'm drowning in all these fanboy accounts and, you know, I'm worried I'm losing followers to them. And that's just, that's just not going to happen now. So I'm sleeping, I'm resting well, Dave, I'm resting nice and peacefully. I mean, that's great because you are truly the second most athletic Josh Kerr in the world. I'd like to say second. I could be third <laughs> at this point. There's some very, very athletic Josh Kerr's in this world. The surfer Josh Kerr, I mean, he's he's the real deal. He's he's a serious fella. If you want to type Josh Kerr into Google and see some of the stuff he does, you know, maybe that's also me. Maybe that's like a Hannah Montana thing where like, you know, I'm living that double life. But, you know, I do I do think that, you know, I'm I'm very not very much not up the top of, of the list of the Josh Kerr's, which is why I'm also known as Josh Kerr runner and not Josh Kerr. If you were like a Hannah Montana, cause I mean, like she, st- she obviously chose the state of Montana to be her last name. What's United State um, would you have as your last? Definitely Kerr-tucky. Um, <laughs> Kerr-tucky. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's in a set. Like Josh I've Kentucky. never, oh, have I been there? Might have been there. I don't know. Uh, is it known for its fried chicken? I, yeah, I think it looks like and a fried chicken. If you look at a map, have you ever looked at the map and seen the man like with the Tennessee pan flipped in the All Kentucky right. fried chicken? Have you ever seen that? Yeah, sure. No, you America, pull, up, pull up a United States map right now. Just type the <laughs> map of the United States. I've, I've, I've seen it. I mean, I'm pretty good at naming states, but. If you look at the United States, yeah, Josh and I are, uh, 
really up in the studio of the Sit and Kick podcast. We have dual screen monitors and all these types of things. So look, look right there, Josh. Look at Kentucky. Kentucky Wait. is in the frying pan of Tennessee. Oh, okay. and, and if you look at Iowa, it looks like a face of a guy. Minnesota's the hat. Missouri's the stomach. Arkansas's the legs. Louisiana's the boots. Kentucky's that chicken frying in the pan. Jeez. So Kentucky fried you know, chicken, eh? you know, this, the subtle things in life that make a, that make a big difference are, are things like that. You got to say too good. Somehow we've gone off script with this we- crazy <laughs> chat. I'm not going to lie, Dave. I mean, it's enjoyable. But hopefully it's not just enjoyable for the two of us. But, you know, if you're following along at home, you know, just looking at the U.S. map and learning some stuff, then, you know, we're really better in everyone's lives here. Josh, I actually want to do a U.S. map test for you. And we can put that over the sit and kick Instagram. You just have uh, to sit down and you have to write out where the states are. Where? I can where? name them. Where they are is a different story. Maybe we just go full blown with the citizen test. We can talk about presidents. We can talk about places on the, the map. citizen test? What's yeah, that? to be a United States citizen, you have to take like a citizen Nah, test. you don't, bro. You do. You're wrong. I'm not you're wrong. Incorrect. I had to take it when I was a baby a and I passed it with flying colors. I was, I was in the womb still. But you're already a citizen, bro. So this is actually what's going to happen, right? So I'm on this P1 visa right now. It's a professional athlete visa. And mm-hmm. then I'm going to win the Olympics this year, right? Okay. The simple part. And then they give me a special ability green card. It's cool. like the best green card to have. So you can only win it with like Olympic medals or a Nobel Prize and shit like that. It's you crazy. Those are equal levels, Nobel Prize and... Yeah, I would say go? so. I would say so. You know, I was like, I could go down the Nobel Prize route, but I don't want to be a fraud. <laughs> and that's too I mean? easy, you know? It's too like, easy to win a Nobel Peace Prize. It's quite simple. Yeah, all you have to you do is save the world. You have to have the cure for COVID or the cure for cancer, and boom, all of a sudden you get to speak in front of the world as the Nobel Peace Prize. I don't want to be both, you know? You, you know you I was choose. well on my way to the Olympic medal before I realized how easy it was to get a Nobel Prize. So I was like, I'll just chill for a bit. And just lie those people get their own visas, you know? Just imagine that being in your Instagram bio and then getting denied verification. But we'll continue <laughs> on. Um, yeah, we're, we're just kind of catching up with the professional and personal life of Josh and I. Um, over the winter break, you know, it was Josh's girlfriend, Larmar's birthday, and it was my birthday. And we got to do some good celebrations there. But, you know, I wanted to just make a point that, like, if your birthday and you're a viewer and your birthday is close to Christmas, I feel for you. Um, and I... I long for no, no, no. this. Let, let's rephrase that. Oh. If you are the significant other of someone who's got a birthday around Christmas, I feel for you because mm-hmm. you know what? It's money, dude. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of presents. It comes at one time and it's terrible. It's so bad. So you're you saying it's that- harder on the person that is the significant other or yes. close relation than the actual person because 100%. they have to spend the money. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Because like, you might have ideas throughout the year, you know, you might throw some ideas out like, oh, that's nice. And you're like, oh, no, it's not. It's not the right time, you know. So and then right at the end, you're just like spending way too much money. You have no idea. You've got to double your ideas and you mm-hmm. got to double your money. So I, I, I generally think it's harder. Yeah. Do you want to know how to double your money, Josh, now that you bring it up? GameStop, <laughs> the GameStop stock on Robinhood and the, the NASDAQ right now. I don't even know these these uh, these terminologies, but I'll tell you what, folks. GameStop is soaring through the roof, roof because Reddit trolls are buying out, making people short sell. Billions and billions of dollars are getting lost by these corporate companies while the, the winners behind the screen and the they call them the barbarians of Reddit uh, are walking away with thousands of dollars. I mean, currently, 
your host, the better, richer host who's been paid has, okay, I'm only up like $36 right now. I've been paid $36 from Robinhood thus far. Um, but I did sell a stock today that was $17. Anyway, folks, here's the deal. GameStop, cool. Stock market, cool. It's also like, feels like gambling and the anxieties behind putting it's in ga- you're, you're gambling right I am now gambling and I'm, I'm not a big fan of it. You're trying I to be a day trader, bro. I'm not being a day trader. I'm being a day profiter. You're trying to be a day trader, which is gambling. Yeah, yeah. You have yeah. no idea not, why the stock mm. is going up. You don't. Mm, I know Henry has an idea, but you have no idea. Oh, I have an idea. Why? Um, because when the, the line is green and it's going up, that means you're making money. And when the line yeah. is red and it's going down, that means you're losing money. So green is good. Red is bad. It's similar to like chili sauce in a burrito in New Mexico. You always go for the green chili. You always leave the red chili alone. I feel that. I feel yeah, that. Green is profit, baby. Green is money. And speaking of money, folks, um, let's talk about some of the things in my personal life. Uh, you guys recently saw, like, signed with Howie Management, which is a great representation. He represents athletes like Alexi Pappas, Joe Kovacs, uh, Danny Jones, Nikki Hiltz, really, really phenomenal people. Alexi Pappas just released a book called Bravey. And um, Bravey. Howie, what? Bravey. Bravey, yeah. You, you obviously aren't behind her whole Bravey campaign. I've been following it since she was at Oregon Track Club. Like she she does this Bravey campaign where she pretty much just inspires young women and I guess dreamers in general to be the best version of themselves. And it's called Hashtag Bravey. Um, but that's a con- right. the, the name of her book. Um, and it, I have it. I bought the last one at Barnes and Nobles here in New Mexico. And uh, I always call New Mexico like it's a city, but New Mexico is obviously a state. But I'm like, ah, I'm in New Mexico. Mm, yeah I, yeah i think it's just because there's like only one or two places in new mexico that you could actually be whereas True. like you're in if you're in california you could be san francisco you can be you know other places True. <laughs> <laughs> but in new mexico you could be in albuquerque or santa fe that's really it to be honest. yeah um but yeah so um i kind of said it over a podcast with cooper tier when we were talking about like building the best team around you and and i think josh has a really good head on his shoulders when he talks about this not to gas him up before i tear him down in this episode but you know 2021 and and in the years beyond i feel like the viewers you guys us as hosts we need to prioritize building our personal teams so like for me building team david is like my number one priority of having people in my corner that are going to be there to support me that are there for my best interests, that aren't trying to use me that are truly truly invested into my career because if they invest into my career that's where the profits are made hashtag GameStop buy it on the stock you know and and josh is the care empire and that's something that he prides himself in is hiring people and and building a a phenomenal group around him and i mean what you what's the situation with your dad when you travel to meets so i have an empire dave thanks for bringing that up i uh i hire way too many people to do one job if i'm being honest dave yeah but i enjoy it I have a fantastic agent in Ray Flynn, Flynn Sports Management, uh, which, you know, he, he does a great job of getting me into races and he does a great job getting me appearance fees. And, you know, that's kind of the, the start and end of his job um, other than um, my, my visa, um, my, my P1 visa that I was talking about earlier. And then I have a, a marketing man my marketing manager, Jesse Williams, who is probably better known to everyone else as the, uh, the head of sound running who puts on all these fantastic meets in California um, throughout, throughout the quarantine. And, and he's done that for, for the last couple of years now too. Um, he does a lot of reaching out to companies, trying to see if I can work with them and, and try and find, um, 
yeah, some great partners to work with going into this Olympic year. He does, you know, stuff for, for the podcast um, as well. And, you know, we just kind of work away at that and chip away and same, an example of that would be, uh... hi, Henry. Henry, you want to you come in here real fast as you interrupt a podcast episode? What are you trying to say? No, I just want to say hello, Henry. All right, Henry, speaking to the mic. Scared money don't make money. Awesome, there <laughs> to it is. the moon, baby. <laughs> you get winning again. What's that? Hey, okay. All right, guys. We're still making money. You know, green money, green chili. Hey, this is, this is, uh, I'm not a, a financial advisor. I ain't manipulating anything. <laughs> all right. Mr. Nantucket is leaving the building. Close the door. Don't interrupt me again or you're fired. Um, anyways, guys, sorry about that brief interruption. We try to keep these things casual. We try to keep these things loose, but the money man, Henry Wynn himself is currently winning at the stock market. But the beef between us is Josh and I request verification or we get verification. Well, did he get denied? Know. I don't know. He hasn't gotten it yet. So we'll Ooh, see. It's if, been uh, too long. Mr. Money Man himself can maybe buy verification with the profit he makes from GameStop. Um, <laughs> but you talk about Ray Flynn and uh, something that I always knew about Ray Flynn that I'm not sure you're aware of. Do you know how many times he's run sub four mile, sub four minutes in the mile? I don't know how many now. 89. Jeez. Yeah. And that's a pretty remarkable thing. He's also the Irish record holder in the 1500 meters that. and the mile two time Olympian. Um, yeah. So he gets a sport. And I think that's something that's really cool is not often do you have agents because like Howie management um, and Ray Flynn are two very different types of backgrounds for agencies, but they still do a phenomenal job for the sport. Like Ray Flynn was at the pinnacle of the sport. You know, he was an Olympian. He is the Irish 1500 meter uh, and mile record holder. He's the four by mile outdoor world record holder with three other Irishmen. Like he's been at the top of the sport. He knows what it takes to get there and he's going to help athletes to get to that point. Now, Meb Kaflecki, um is Howie's brother and Howie's background is like, he's like, I've seen agents um, take advantage of athletes. I've seen the legalities that come in as, um, as athletes need to be represented by good agents. And so Howie's pretty much entire um, business plan is around the, the uh, acronym Howie, which is his name, but it's handling athletes with integrity. So his number one priority is to like, fuel the athlete and represent the athlete and have the athlete represent brands that they want to represent. I mean, like you look at some of the athletes that how he has, they all have deals with Garmin. They're on the cover of runner's world. They're on the cover of track and field news, like Ray Flynn and Howie. I feel like are good people in the sport that are going to try to continue to build the success of the athletes. And like, we don't need to rabbit hole this by any means. Cause this is again, off script. And no matter how many times Josh and I prep with a script, we're not always going to be there um, following it to a T because this is a conversation and we are having fun, but We'll keep, we'll keep moving on. You know, we've talked about the pre professional personal life a bit too long. So let's talk about the last. Oh, thing, Josh. no, no. Let's you, talk about the last thing. I'm you, giving you, it to you. you. First of all, I was interrupted. Oh, right. oh by Mr. Wynn? By Mr. Wynn. Okay, continue uh, on. Like I was saying about Jesse, he got us that cryo deal. Okay. So Dave's pretty much mooching off the, the, the amazing Jesse Williams that works for me um so but that's fine you know do what you need to do dave you know like uh, i'll just i'll help you through i'll, I'll pick you up and, and and drop you off wherever you need to be buddy and um, so he does a great job with that and you know i think it's necessary for people to focus on their strengths which is just something that i learned from the first couple of years in the sport is like certain people are really good at stuff and then it kind of gets packaged along with stuff that isn't what they want to do and i just want people to do what they want to do and so that's why I've hired two people to pretty much do one job. Yep. 
where both jobs have been done to to the highest level. Um, and then, yeah, I, I kind of hired my dad. Um, it's an interesting situation because he ha I haven't used him yet because <laughs> I hired him just before the pandemic. But um, pretty much like uh, one, one of the big things that I like with certain agents is like that they'll come to races and they'll help you out and they'll go pick up your numbers or they're going to figure out all the times to go to the buses and stuff like that just like trivial stuff that you don't really want to do overthinking on the on the day so i'm bringing my dad in for for races that we don't have the whole team there and we don't have danny there or whatever so if that's milrose or if that's races over in europe or british or, or whatever my dad uh, actually recently just got his assistant coach's qualification hey so he's allowed nice. to go into like um uh, warm-up areas and the stuff zones. like that so yeah so he he's he's doing that and you know I, I don't pay him uh I'll pay his expenses I'm sure but uh that's just something that I wanted to kind of work into into like because my, my dad's been through the whole sport with me from when I was a, a really young kid so you know it was it was a big big moment to be able to tell him that that's what I wanted him to do because I know he wanted to do that and I wanted him to be there as well and he gets it. He gets it massively. So I'm pretty excited to have him, you know, in the call or in the warm up area with me at the Olympic trials final and, and, and just have that familiar face. Yeah. And, and just kind of work away with him. Uh, and, and I'm sure that will continue to grow as, as I do in the sport. I can't wait for like Jake Whiteman to also hire him. And then your dad's like bouncing back and forth in the call room being like, Hey Jake, you need anything? You need some water? And he looks at you he's like, Oh, Josh, do you need that? That's weird though. Like, it's, it is a weird situation because like Jake, Chris, myself, like because we all come from the same club and we've mm -hmm. been around each other for so long and all like, you know, I was coached by, you know, Chris Hoare's dad for a little bit. It's like, we're also close that that would probably like not be a weird thing. Yeah. Not like he would go out of his way to hire my dad, but like yeah. if Jake needed anything in the call room, like something happened, it, it we wouldn't stop going out yeah. of our way to do that sort of thing so that it's the clans of the scotmans helping each other out eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah something like that but uh, but yeah let's let, what were you wanting to bring up that last thing I was... that, that last thing that you highlighted you emphasized put in bold all caps letter um the wolf award winner yeah we uh we as a group here um at the brooks beast do a wolf award where essentially whether it's every week, every other month, like whenever we get around to it, we want to take the time to acknowledge the small accomplishments, small accomplishments, big accomplishments, day-to-day -day achievements of each and every athlete on the team. And, you know, like every Monday we typically meet um, as a team and we kind of go over the week plan, what's kind of going on in the sport, what's going on with inside Danny's head. And then we take time to go around in a circle, which sounds like a kumbaya, like campfire story, but we go around in a circle and we just say like, like, for instance, I voted for Garrett Heath this week, and I was just like, Garrett is a phenomenal athlete. He's been around the sport for so long. I mean, like, he ran sub four in the miles when I think I was, like, in fifth grade for the first time. And, like, he's been around the block. He does so many good things for the sport. Um, and it's like I wanted to bring emphasis to his ability to lead the team and his ability to kind of be, like, a keystone in what we're trying to accomplish here at the Brooks Beast, even though he is in the latter half of his career and he's 35 years old, like, he's still a crucial part. And he's, he's still going to make – He's 35 and he's still going to make a huge difference um, when it comes down to it at the trials. And so I voted for him. Um, and just to add more, um, more insight into this, Josh, who did, who did you vote for this week? Ah, I see. That's where it's come to. 
So I got four votes, um, which in a group of, what is there, 12 of us? Yeah, good, good math. 13, what is that, Josh? 11. Anyway, I got a bunch of votes. People were just voting for me left, right, and center. So I was like, I should probably break it up. And I voted for Dave. Because <laughs> like I alluded to in the intro, me and Dave have been working pretty hard together recently. I'm sure we'll get into this, but I've been enjoying playing mental games with a man. You know, <laughs> he hasn't beaten me in a time trial a race or a workout but you know he he definitely comes close and he's closer than he's ever been and he definitely thinks he's teetering on the edge of like beating me in a workout or like or like i don't know out dipping me in a race or something we're we're so far from that but like i do like like just teasing him a little bit so now we've been we've been doing a lot of like mental games with each other in workouts and stuff so i've just really been enjoying that so i just kind of want to point that out to everyone on the team and to himself just to give him a little bit more boost, just to build him up before I knock him down again, like I did yesterday. Like, it's just like a constant Tuesday, get rocked. Friday, he's closer, still gets rocked. Sunday, do my thing. He thinks he's going to drop back. He looks bad, whatever. Tuesday, get absolutely if, if I rocked. Beat, if I beat the legendary Josh Ke this year in the year of 2020, I will print off photos for every sit and kick fan that dms me after i beat him and i will sign my name on a photo of josh kerr and send it personally to everybody listening i will send a david ribbage signature across a josh kerr photo if i went if i beat him one time just one time i'm not talking a workout i'm not talking about a recovery day you know I'm, i don't want to be a workout here i'm talking a race no you're I will, trying to be a workout you just can't i will sign my name on your photo and everyone will have the best of both worlds your looks and my autograph speaking of this I have a signed photo, like an autographed photo on eBay going for $7. And it's been up for way too long. And it's like, if one of the listeners can go and buy that, that would be great. Or like boost the price up, get bidding on it. You know, we really need these things to go. It's obviously not me that's selling it. Yeah, I was going to say, Josh is going to come back next episode and say, guys, I made $7 from my photo getting but sold. It, you bought I mean, my seven, photo. $7, I think, is a pretty good price for that, you know? yeah chuck it in a frame put it on your wall whatever you know <laughs> do what you need to do with it but google it hopefully it's still there do you think it's like yeah give it a google just put like josh care runner signature or something like that because if you put josh care signature my my hannah montana will will come up i'm sure your, your kurtucky will come up my josh Kerr runner autograph Whoa, the Brooks Beast just signed Josh Kerr. That's a Let's Run article. Um, I'm not really sure I'm going to find this, Josh. Go on I think shopping. Oh, am I going to eBay? No, just go shopping. Oh, on Google? Was... Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Oh, it went down to $4. <laughs> that's that's red, man. That's not a good stock to invest in. Don't ever invest in the Josh Kerr autograph. Do you, you see know what's it, funny? Yeah. I type Josh Kerr runner autograph, and all I see is these surfer autographs. I know, but go down. I'm scrolling. Oh, there he is. Four dollars and twelve cents. Josh Kerr signed. Four dollars and eighty-one on shipping. So the shipping is more expensive. Oh, it's used. It says used. What did they use it for? Probably to wipe their arse. And then after they went to the bathroom. It's not a great fault with me, if I'm being honest. It's when I got knocked out the first round of London World Championships. That's probably why it's so so unvaluable. Yeah, these things happen. But yeah, fire on eBay. Go and buy it. Let me know you bought it, and I'll send you the Venmo. I'll reimburse you. <laughs> so it doesn't sound like a profit if you're going to reimburse but anyway it. yeah i got i got four votes i got a vote from marta i got a vote from kidder from drew and i got a vote from spencer too mm. and you know 
Day was trying to tell everyone that I only had three votes when it came down to it, but I would have voted for myself, to be honest. I think I've had a great, great week. I've had a great block, um, and I haven't had the Wolf Award for a long time. Yeah. And I deserve it. I still haven't had any votes from my World Champ performance in 2019, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, any beasts that are listening, get voting for me, you know what I mean? You know for a fact that only, like, two people on our team actually listen to this podcast because they're afraid of getting exposed and they don't want to, they don't want to hear their exposure after the fact. But yeah, Josh, you talked about the block. Let's talk about our fall and winter training. Let's talk about the time trial. Let's talk about the camp life and let's talk about some things um, like that we're preparing for. So the time trial. Yeah, we had an 8k. Um, unfortunately, Josh got me. He just sat and sat and he just did the title of our did show. I and kick. S- no, I did you not. You did not lead this a was, single part of the last mile until the last 250. This is what happened, right? Everyone knows who run 8Ks on the track, which is such a common distance. The, there was, how many was there? It was like six? Six or so, yeah. It was me, you, Henry, Isaac, Tim Lynn, Spencer. But Spencer oh, was doing a four. Spencer. And Adam. Adam. Um, so there's, there were six of us. I took like the first mile. Okay, first 800. We alternated. Oh, sorry, eight. the first 800. I took the first 800. Double your distance. And then I thought to myself, importance. I won't have to take another 800 for ages. I can just sit back. I can relax. I can do what I need to do to relax, to put myself in a great position to a mile to go, right? And then I realized with a mile and a half to go, that was my next freaking section. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had to do the hardest work, which was get us on pace early and then keep us on pace before the kick happened. And that is difficult to do because it was windy. <laughs> It was okay. Oh my god. Okay, guys. Windy, also, dude. let's add some context to Josh's windy claim. Josh is also the kind of guy that will text Danny for a tempo and say, Yeah, there was a really hilly portion of the run. But then when we all come down here to camp, Danny goes, Hey Josh, where's this hill that you did your tempo on? And it's a little underpass beneath a bridge. It's not even a hill. It's more of so just like there's a gradual of incline of 15 feet. And you say, There's a bit of a hill. That didn't affect anything. The wind, you're you're running in a circle on a track. You have the mm-hmm. wind in your face and the wind on your back. That's just the reality of it. But I'll take the L. Um, I'll take the big L uh, in that the time big trial. L. However, Absolutely. 23 You should have beaten me. 100%. You oh, 100% should have beaten, you, know beaten you. But I let, I had I let no you stay right on to too long. I, mean, I, was, I was bracing for like a 1K out move. And then when I was ready to do mine, Adam took his. And I was just reactionary. And at that point, I wasn't able to, to do anything when you rolled away in like a 60-61. I just closed. Yeah, I was, I was dropping with like 800 to go. Moves were happening. Josh had the decision to make. He was like, do I sit back? And genuinely, the thought process going through my mind was like, if I genuinely get beaten by Dave, I'm going to have to sit on the podcast and I'm going to have to listen to him gloat. And he's not ready for this. He's not ready. It's like, you know, when um, people say that, oh, damn it, what's his name? Who's the Oregon? Oh, Andrew Wheating. When everyone says that Andrew Wheating wasn't ready to run like 331 or 330 whenever he ran it. Yep. You aren't ready to beat me yet, dude. And it's fine. That's okay. You, okay. Like in your career... <laughs> Keep going, Josh. Keep going. If we keep moving forward. We just need to go in small steps. So like okay. maybe a couple workouts, you like do a bit better. And then like in a race, we're like, oh my God, Dave just ran 334. That's great. Oh my God, Dave just ran 333. He's only a second behind Josh. Then I run 329. And then you come to 31. And then we're like close. And then so you, you have utter me. faith that that's going to be able to be a reality. That you beaten me? Uh, I mean, I wasn't going at that far. I was just saying that you... That me running 334, 333, then you running 3, 3, 329. 
like those I'm three i'm going on some 30 this year yeah okay okay then i, I think that's i, I think that's a normal progression to think i would think that's normal progression too i mean you don't do what you do and nobody works as hard as we do or as hard as you guys do to get worse yeah exactly you i'm know? not gonna like oh i'm trying to run 34 this year that's the goal you know what i mean so no, i mean i should have run faster than last year but we just certain circumstances and and you know excuses are flying out my mouth right now um, did you run sub four last year i didn't run a mile last year see that's that's the crazy thing because i wanted to bring up like we still have a couple more things in our fall winter training but like the fact that nick willis ran 19 seasons under sub mm-hmm. four like covid really ruined a lot of people's sub four streaks because like i didn't run it last year you didn't run it last year brandon didn't run it last year brandon was on a streak i guess oh really yeah but last year took off a lot of opportunities and so Nick Willis is maybe a later conversation or whatever, but 19 seasons in a row, Josh, you were, this would be my sixth. You were, yeah, but you were four years old when he started running sub four. I was like, you were four years old when you ran sub four the first time. Nick Willis has been <laughs> running sub four as long as Jacob Inger Britson has been alive. That's pretty cool. That's not going to lie. It is cool. It What's is cool. the longest? It's like 20 or something, right? No, he has it. He just beat it. It was, it was, 18 they were tied at 18 and he just surpassed it at 19 who was it um i i mean i have this guy backs guy um but the fact the, the um the unfortunate thing is is i don't actually know off the top of my head who he just beat nicholas extend streak to 19 um yeah i'll, I'll find it how long um, you'll go john walker you can tell he's definitely coming the other way now he's not going to be meddling at olympics or world champs anymore i don't believe yeah but i mean like you could even say that when he was going into uh rio and finishing bronze like yeah bronze in rio and how old was he there so he was born he's 37 right now so he was 33 34 when he medaled at rio in a 1500 meter race so garrett's coming up to his medal so yeah i mean you could say that like the, sure, the the athlete's prime in parentheses is when they're 25 to 28, but everybody's different and everyone develops differently. I mean, the fact that he's 37 and he just ran sub four minutes in the mile, he's going backwards, sure. But this guy, Nick Willis, has a silver in 2008, a bronze in 2016, World Indoor Tam- Championships in Portland, bronze in 1500 meters. For Commonwealth Games, he has a gold in Melbourne. He has a bronze in, Del- uh, in 2010. He has a bronze in Glasgow and he got silver in 2006 at the world cup like this guy's competing at the world-class level from since 2006 until 2016 like a, a decade of dominance and i think what would be more impressive that if anyone got really really um bored on it on a day and they wanted to do re- run a research and i'm i'm curious if i'll reach out to kidius or chris chavez and just text him i want to know Nick Willis's scalps. I want to know who he's beaten and I want to see if he's the winningest most 1500 meter runner in history because if he's running sub 19 miles, he's beaten a lot of people. He's beaten yeah. he's beaten me and not saying like I'm a status of any means, but he beat me at like fifth out mile in that race. There was also Sam Prakel. There was Chris O'Hare, Henry Wynn, Isaac Yorks. I mean, like he beat us and he's beaten a number of athletes. He beat Centro in Beijing, right? Was Centro in that race? Uh, no, that might have actually been before Centro. Was it Centro no, in 2008 as well? It was before Centro, yeah. Because he went, I think Centro's first world performance was like a Worlds in 09, maybe, or 10. Uh, it might have been 10 um, in Moscow. I think 10 was Moscow. But long story short, I would be really curious to see how many people Nick Willis has beat at least once. I don't care 09 how many. 09 would have had to be Moscow. Huh? 
Huh? It's it's odd year, isn't it? Uh, I'm no, not yeah. necessarily. What do you mean? 1917, 15, oh, yeah, 13, yeah, yeah. 11, 9. Math. Math guy. Math guy. Oh, yeah, because 2010 was Commonwealths. Um, but, yeah, so I'd be really curious to know Nick Willis' scalps. Like, he just mm. has to beat him once, and then that, that name is now on his list. So, really curious to see that. I don't know if anything will happen of it, but um, we can kind of move on into, like, kind of what we're doing here at camp. I mean, we're training here at camp, and we're here. We, I got here january 3rd and we're going to be up here at altitude until potentially february mid or late february and we're training kind of for an unknown i mean like the races down in houston are happening but we we didn't enter into those we're still trying to play it safe with the covid protocols and try to keep training through and, and waiting for the opportunity to strike when it's right yeah i think you know we're here in albuquerque i love it here i've trained here for a long time it's it's definitely a slow burner we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna be real fit come i think we're gonna race maybe maybe in march maybe late february somewhere and you know i think the whole team's running and i think that's really important yeah it's difficult to have any team in the world that has 13 14 guys and girls running without injury right now and that's i think that's really really important for our whole team because our dynamic as a team is really good yesterday we did six by a mile and we had you know six guys out there doing the thing in a group and then we had drew and um, kidder working away there and that you know that's eight guys doing the thing and, and working off each other's positive vibes so yeah cam's going really well for for the squad and and you know we're able to kind of have more of a bubble over here and um, because people don't have as much of a personal life in in, in albuquerque other than me obviously you know one of the most boring people i've ever met v-knock um, but you know, I, I really enjoy it. And we we're, we're mostly getting sun other than the snow yesterday, but, um, yeah, I think it's not everywhere yesterday to be honest. I, I do too. What do you think about like the people at Flagstaff that go up to altitude, but then have to deal with like two feet of snow constantly? Well, see, that's why. So, uh, actually, no, I shouldn't say that. I think Albuquerque is a hidden gem in a way where I don't know why more groups don't come here. Yeah but I'm happy they don't. I agree with <laughs> That's that. That's pretty I mean, much the way I want to describe it. I mean, right now it's sunny. It's 23 to 28 degrees, but you look at the forecast, it's going to be 52 on Friday. It's going yeah. to be 45. It's going to be 46. It's going to be sunny all the way through next week. Like yeah. sure. It snowed yesterday. I had a little bit of confusion for our workout, but it was like two inches of snow. And I mean, yeah. you look at people at Flagstaff and, and you see them shoveling snow before a workout and shoveling snow after the workout, like that that would be exhausting. And I would hate to have to do recovery runs where I'm worried about slipping, you know, like the last thing I want to worry about at an altitude camp is injury risk of injury. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's, there's a lot of variables. It's yeah. I mean, you've got teams what in Boulder, you got teams in Flagstaff and you got teams in somewhere in Arizona right now. Um, the Arizona, I don't think so altitude. Am I wrong uh, about that? They, no, they're not. They're not. Um, and, and, and Arizona will be the place of the best, weather right now but like if you're looking for an algae place with the best weather you're not going to get snowed under you're going to get a bit of sun and uh, and a solid amount of altitude yeah it's not as high as like stuff yeah it's not as pretty and you know clean <laughs> and yeah. like pristine as flagstaff is but we've got hundreds and hundreds of miles of trails to run on yeah and we have tracks to run on and we have a great gym and we, we were able to do our job here very well. Uh, and, you know, a lot of teams have come to Albuquerque. When I was in college, I know BAA came here for a bit. Um, 
I'm just trying to think of other teams that international come here. marathoners seem to come here alive. I know there's like that there's Japanese a lot, training. There's group. a big Japanese team that comes here, which mm-hmm. I'm I'm still convinced by this story. I think I've made it up in my own head, right? Yep. So these Japanese like runners will just go lap on lap on lap on lap on the UNM track, right? And there was one day I was like doing a workout and I ran past one of the coaches that was like standing on the opposite side of the track, right? And he had an earpiece in. And he was just talking to the athletes who also had earpieces in hmm. while they were running. And I thought that was sick. Do you think that's sick? Would you want that? No, I don't want Danny to speak to me during a workout. But I think it has it has weight to it. Like, are you allowed to do that in marathons? Are you allowed to have an earpiece mm, in? I don't think so. I like in a Formula One situation? I can't imagine that being the case. Why not? I don't know. I don't are, you know to, are you allowed to play music? Like, no. you know how marathoners, like, sometimes have headphones on? Well, I mean, like, like when you think of the elite fields, I mean, like, I don't think so. But when you think of, like, people that are going through, like, New York, when they have, like, the thousands and thousands of people, I mean, there are people that have headphones in, you know? Exactly. So um, why but, can't they do that in the elite field? I don't know. I mean, it's not like you're going to get a – I mean, pacing maybe would be the one thing. Like, you could have someone chirping here and say you're two seconds back, five seconds back. Like, that could be a systematic advantage for you to know that you need to pick it up or slow it down. You're still Dude, doing the run. there's so much stuff that you could say to an athlete in a marathon. That's you'd true. like – you know, even with the breaking two thing, the sub two thing with, with Kipchoge, they were always like being able to talk to him and stuff and tell him when to get drinks and when like for pacers to do stuff and this and the next thing. If that happened in a real math, then I think that's when we're going to start running faster. Like, oh, hey, Calum Hawkins, you need to pick up your bottle this time because you're starting to deplete. But don't drink the water, just have the gel. Just stuff like that. That kind of information will start making our sport more technical and more like Formula One. And then we'll get paid billions of dollars. That would be cool. Go. Yeah, that would be cool. I mean, like, think about, like to... quarterbacks headphone or quarterbacks helmets in the NFL have a like wiring systems in yeah. there so they can talk to the coordinators. So like, it's definitely not um, a wild thought to have. Marathoners could also start plugging in. Plus, like when you're not speaking to them, just put some music in there, whatever. Yeah. Or just have Rocky just like, fucking just like. Really yeah, you just have to sit and up. kick podcast plan as you run your marathon. Man, imagine that. Imagine that. Imagine me that and yet. Josh saying, good job. Keep it up. We'll run a, <laughs> imagine a little. Imagine we've read that. Because I'm sure people listen to podcasts in Mar- like during a marathon and yeah. stuff. Do you think anyone's ever listened to our podcast during a marathon? Uh, I mean, if they wanted that, to run. That would be this, crazy, bro. If, if they wanted to run their fastest world record ever, you know, like if they wanted to break two, then maybe they'd listen to our podcast. Jeez. Jeez maybe think? we should just do a motivational podcast episode where we just oh, say really motivational things. all day. I'll sit here and freaking, I'll scream, dude. And we could just sit back and say, you are the one, the chosen one. They're only like one mile in. <laughs> <laughs> 24 mi- 25 miles to go. You can do it. I don't know why you I have to go into a raspy suck. smoker voice, but maybe that's what you have to do. You have to sound like a, a degenerate. To, uh, maybe, they, to... maybe they did that in the in the 100K world record. Attempt. Yeah. I mean, Jim Walmsley went after the 100K world record attempt with Hoka. And it was 11 seconds off uh, for and running 62 miles. That's fucking crazy that is crazy i mean he averaged what 550s is that what you averaged something like that here you you talk about it i'll pull it up right i didn't watch it but i have a large respect for that like 100k how many miles is that 50 josh come on you can do this how far is a 10k six miles so 60 miles miles. 6.2 miles miles. so 100k I'll get out of town. I was trying to figure out how far a marathon was. It was like 42K in it. Uh-huh. Right. So I was just working out that way. I mocked up. It's whatever. Um, why was he bleeding? 
Dude, so at first I thought it was like a really poor design of the Hoka jersey. It's like, damn, this jersey must have chafed him. Like Hoka, dude. This guy. No, I'm not resting. Ho- I'm not resting Hoka. I was going to if that's the reason, <laughs> but apparently, because they did this on like a course similar to that of like the breaking two attempt, like they did on a closed course, closed road. Jim took a corner too tight and smacked into a pole, and it just Jeez. cut him, and it cut his shoulder, and he ran through it, and like that's crazy. I mean, he ran a 45-minute PR, which I don't know who keeps track of how many 100Ks they run, but he ran a 45-minute PR. Um, and he, need, he only – this is the craziest thing. The final 10K came down to him needing to run 37.58 or faster over the final miles, um, and he wasn't able to do it. And that just shows how taxing that is. I mean, like 100K, 62 miles a week. Josh, how, how many miles a week do you run? Um, no comment. <laughs> no, so, I run 65. You ran you ran sixty five miles sixty five miles last week. Uh no, not last week. I had a down week last week. Okay, okay, here he is. Anyway, week. he ran your weekly miles straight for six hours nine seconds and fourteen. Oh wait, I that's the world record. He he ran six oh nine twenty five. Then I thought you said he ran five fifties. No, that that's the time six hours. Oh, six hours. Oh, okay. <laughs> so. Well, crazy i i mean i don't know if it's time to bring up this bet i have with julian or not but like i can put it out there quite quickly like i still told you i think one day i'm gonna be able to average 50 miles a day for a month this is the stupidest thing i think okay so i had this bet with with one of my training partners one of my good buddies julian and i said if my car broke down I could run from Albuquerque to Seattle, which is like 1200 miles. And he was like, there's no way I was like, I, if I did it for charity, I think, I think I could do it like running 50 miles a day, every day for a month. And obviously there's like, like some crazy circumstances, like obviously it's going to be really hilly. Obviously it's going to have crazy weather, but I'm going to have like a whole team of people with me, camera crew, my, my like i'm gonna have like a tiny home driving with me i'm gonna have like crazy training partners i'm gonna speak to like i'm gonna have like joe rogan sitting next to me just talking to me the whole time like he's actually gonna be there you know if i ever needed anyone to do any motivational speaking i'll bring in some motivational speakers i'll have justin bieber there singing to me you know i'll have ed sheer in there singing to me whatever i de- i genuinely believe i could run 50 miles a day for a month for a whole month but everyone everyone that i've spoken to says that i could all right so let's let's just say it's going to be the shortest month of the year so you're going to do it in february oh i just need to get to 1200 miles or like so however many miles it is to see 1400 miles all right so i need less than a month is 50 it's, mi- even be- it's easier it's less that's 28 days running 50 miles a day all right so i'm doing it in february so you could run two almost two marathons every day for a month yes you are ridiculous josh and i and i, I don't even have words for it because i mean like we've gotten into this huge a huge amount of times because I don't think, I mean, you're, you're talking, you're, you're talking about running 50 miles a day from a guy running 65 miles a week. And his down yeah. week is what? 55 miles. 58. But 58. Sure. I'm sorry. I offended you. you um, ridiculous, ridiculous amount of miles. Um, I don't know if you guys think it's true or not, but go ahead and roast Josh in the comments. Cause we may even have this be a little video snippet of if Josh can run 50 miles a day for a month. Um, you know, we saw the, um, 
we can just ask Deslind and Josh. We could bring her on here on well, season four. We could bring up Run Des Tober. She can talk about how she started running one mile on October 1st and running 31 miles. Don't interrupt me. 31 miles on the last day. And we can ask her what it felt like to run that many miles for the final week. And then we can so ask you. She doesn't understand. She doesn't okay. understand running mileage. She doesn't get it. Oh my god! So a couple things. <laughs> First of all, there's a big difference between what we were doing and what she's doing. Yeah, you're right. right? You're right. Like hers were all, like whatever. I I'm not going out and back. I'm going point to point. Okay. And that's going to make the big difference. If you ever, okay, this is what used to happen to me as a kid like a couple times. I'd be like, mom, I'm so bored. I've run the same routes every day. This is She's when you're 20, okay. right? And you're home for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> She'd be like, okay, I'm going to drive you eight miles from the house and you just have to run home. And I was like, that sounds so fun. And it was, it was the best time. Des had to loop. Like what was her, her last one was in like, um, the in new york right i, I don't know central park maybe i think it was and she was just looping how boring is that i'm going to be able to see some amazing sights it's going to be good weather and i'm going point to point and i can bring on whoever i want to do and i'm going to run with people i obviously i'm bringing a specific masseuse doctors you know like podiatrists to make sure my feet are all right the whole shooting match mate the whole nine nards It'll be easy. It's not going to be easy. It'll be really, really, really difficult. But if I'm doing it for a good cause, you know, you tell me you couldn't do it if you got paid like a couple mil. Well, the reality is I could do it before you could do it. And I'm See, not going to do it. Because you don't believe. And that's okay. But, you know, you're looking at a guy that runs, you know, in the 60s for miles a week versus a guy that runs in the 90s miles a week. And I still beat you in an 8K. So obviously there's some weight here. Like, All right, guy. Here, here's the reality. You're sitting at 184 feet in Seattle. Your first climb is going to be up to 1,300 feet. And then you're going to drop back down to around 300 feet. And then you're going to climb again to 2,200. Then you're going to drop down to 600. Then you're going to climb to 2,160 feet. Then you're going to drop to 1,300. Overall, what you're saying is overall we're coming from from 5,000 feet of altitude and we're going to sea level. So overall, it's going to be downhill. Oh, so you're running from Albuquerque. Oh, that's also in meters, Josh. So when I say you're going to 1,400 meters, you're actually going a lot farther, a lot higher than that. I'm just saying like, it's not going to be easy, but I have all day. <laughs> you have all, all your life to do it. You wouldn't be able to do it in a month, but we're, we've been on this discussion for a, a brief minute. I, this is going to be the bulk of the episode, I suppose. But seriously though, Comment, figure out if you actually think Josh could do it. Um, I don't. I'm think glad this is finally getting out. I've been I've been talking about this for like six months. Yeah, I know, and, and I'm, it's unfortunate that it came out because there's a reason we didn't put it into our script for this episode. <laughs> um, we can go ahead and, and skip a few of these things, and let's since we've been talking about Des, let's talk about some quotes from the pros. Um, and this might be a new little segment that we add in, and something that we want to be able to do to bring highlight. Um, to people that make a difference in the sport with their words over social media. And social media is a tool and it's a platform that people get to use to inspire the next generation of dreamers, as I like to say. However, 
as toxic as social media can be, I want, and Josh wants to bring out the good, good in the sport. And so some of the things that we want to bring in are quotes from the pros. So something that Des Linden recently put out um, on her Twitter and Instagram was what you see on Strava versus what you don't see. And it was a run that was 746 mile pace for 10 miles on the Strava. But then she posts a photo of her just going up and down these snowy hills and it looked absolutely grueling. So that I think is really cool because I'm not a fan of Strava. I could ridicule Strava all day. I think it's a cool platform, but I don't think it's a platform that necessarily professional runners should use to compare themselves or necessarily any runner should use to compare themselves with other athletes. I think Des London is spot on that don't, don't think what you see on Strava is hundred percent of reality. I, yeah, I understand that. I think this is the same reason that I don't accept the constant friend requests I get on Garmin connect. Um, because I don't want people to see my nine minute miling three mile yeah. cooldown. Cause you know, we, we we're always, sh- we're only showing our best bits It's the same as Instagram and, and all that. It's like when we race, that is our, that is our peak. That is our best times. So you don't get to see that process because sometimes it's difficult for someone to be like, Oh my goodness, Jacob Ingebrigtsen just had a bad workout. He's never bad. Yeah. You know I mean? Or like, you know, D- Dave goes and runs, um, 334 one week and then like the week later he's like working out and he does 10 by 400 and he blows up and starts running 68s no one wants to see that part of the workouts no one wants to see the you know the instagrams where you've not got makeup on or you've not got your freaking six pack out or whatever um and that's just that's just the reality of it and i think it's needed to be said and you know i'm not on strava i don't really know what it is to be honest um i think is it like Instagram for runners or something? Um, yeah, it's essentially like it's a feature that you can have on your Garmin. And oh, really? like right when you're done with your your run, you save it and it'll automatically upload to Garmin when you connect or automatically upload to Strava when you get home. And it's like, yeah, I agree with you. There's, there's some toxicity that comes in. Now, I think it's a really cool platform to join in on runs. Like they do a lot of competitions for the month of like, um, run these miles for charity or competition of the week, King of the Hill, all these type of things. I think those are great, but I don't think it's a platform that should be used to compare training or get people's training insight. Like you post yeah. on Strava, cool, but don't religiously look at Strava as, as a way to learn how to do something. Like the best way to learn how to do something is, is trusting your body, trusting your coach, trusting the people that are around you to like better yourself as an athlete, not a social media platform. I don't think you can, you can improve drastically by following other people's workouts on a social media platform. And I agree your best self is what's seen. Um, So let's go ahead and do the, the last piece for quotes from the pros. Um, This isn't necessarily a pro now he was, but now he's a coach and a pretty highly regarded in the track and field world in terms of his knowledge. Um, Do you want me to read it or do you want to? Yeah, go for it. Uh, Team culture doesn't form during meetings or scheduled activities. It forms during the in-between moments, the cool down conversations, the shared anxiety while awaiting a race, the adventures once the performance is complete and you've got hours to kill in a different city from Steve Magnus on Twitter. Dude, that is very, very accurate. I look back at some of the best memories I've had from college with my teammates. It's not the races. It's being in Birmingham and walking down at 2 a.m. in the morning and getting an ice cream or, you know, like just these random things. that like, an ice cream? Is that... Just these random things that like <laughs> That's you what do you to say. in and out of these competitions. <laughs> you didn't 2 a.m. get an ice cream. What ice cream place is open at 2 a.m.? Hey, Josh, there's some things that you can figure you out on your about own. drugs, dude? You taking drugs? <laughs> I was going to say that ice cream could be a... a, a, a 
what's the word? <laughs> um, a disguise for something else. But <laughs> wait, no, actually, 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 it was ice cream. It literally. Such a no, I'm I'm not kidding. It was ice cream. It was ice cream. Yeah, yeah. It was it did it taste good? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not getting into the, the discussion of whether or not it was really ice cream. I really hope this stays in because I know it was. You it was I'm not going to edit this. I'm. I'm I honestly right. don't think I'm going to edit any of this episode. I'm going to leave okay. it all in. Probably That's the boring. only thing I'll take out is you roasting me at the start of the episode. Um, but, but no, I get it. I get it. Yeah, I think, team no, culture, we, dude. You don't. We, you don't sit in a kumbaya circle and, and build team culture. You. You build team culture by outside activities. It was. It's the same as like. Um, we had this a lot of the UNM team too. It's like we we sit down and have these like team meetings and we talk about this we talk about that but like actions speak louder than words um anyone sit there and say they're going to be super motivated super like on it and then you know a week later they're out you know i've been guilty of it like you know we you the unm cross-country team hadn't made like a ncaa cross in like four years and we're or three years and we're sitting there like you know we can make it we can you know we're going to sacrifice this and that and, this. and that night i went out on you know and had beers so it's like it's difficult to kind of get the right balance so you know when you have to have these conversations it is because something's going wrong but if you're unable to put that into practice then it's it's it's, it's difficult yeah. to, to to move the move forward with with things and it is difficult to stay on 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 point with all the words that you're saying yeah that like i didn't want to necessarily bring up my book and all in all this but one of the best parts about my book and one of the funniest things that I get probably the most uh, DMs about is the team culture at Western Oregon University. And one of the things that I did be- between the cross country races my senior year, after, like conference, right? So we had this team meeting. We're getting ready for the first GNAC championships where all of us legitimately thought we could win. And we're sitting there where this is that that shared anxiety while waiting for a race. We talked about the race. We talked about what we owe it to each other. You know, like those motivational things that are in a team meeting, but I have a really small bladder. And so I was like, man, I got to pee. And I didn't have my room key. I was like, there's no bathroom. So I, I just flip around in the chair and pee into this bottle in this hotel um, meeting room. But I miss the cap and I just pee all over myself. So I'm covered in pee. And everyone's laughing. Everyone's having a good time. And then our coach walks in as I'm like finishing up peeing in this bottle. And he's like, oh, what's up, guys? What are you guys up to? And everyone just can't keep a straight face and I'm covered in piss. I flip the chair around. I use the chair as like a blocker. So you can't see my sweats. And he's like, you guys must be doing something fun. I'll leave you guys to it. And he leaves. And it was like super funny. And it was like, that was a bonding moment that we had. And then I'd said, I was like, if we win conference tomorrow, I was like, I will pee before every single race for the rest of the season. Um, so I peed my pants before GNAX. We end up winning GNAX. That was the first time our school had ever won our conference. We go to regionals the night before I'm like, Boys, I had, I said I would, I pee my pants. Then we go into nationals and I pee my pants again. Like those are the traditions and memories that make team culture super fun. I don't necessarily want to brag about peeing my pants at the age of 23 or how old I was like 22. But I will say that like that was formed because of the culture and the fact that like we just had hours to kill. You're mental. That's such a D2 guys thing to do, I think. What you're saying, I, you've never peed yourself? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying I'm saying I didn't do it for a superstition. <laughs> True. <laughs> no, no, I get I get it. I get it. I think, you know, yeah, that's you D2 kids are like they're a special breed, huh? 
Yeah, we're a special breed, but let's let's talk about the future. We don't need to talk about the past. Let's talk about the future, Josh. Yeah, I think we're, you know, I haven't looked recently about how like popping off our YouTube is, but, you know, I'm sure we have millions of subscribers and stuff already, but I'm not savvy enough, Dave. I'm not yeah. savvy enough to do this. You know, I, I enjoy talking. I'm a speaker. I'm not very good at the the the, the stuff. What what happens after we say goodbye on this podcast? So, we kind of you know wanted to reach out and 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 kind of discuss the the future of the podcast and the the YouTube side of things as well. Yeah. Yeah, we definitely want to figure out a way to branch into the YouTube scene. However, Josh and I, as like easy as our life is and as like not um, structured as our life is, there's something about doing a workout, going home, taking a nap and taking recovery very serious that like both and Josh and I like prioritize. And, and so kind of what we're wanting to do is may potentially even branch out and, and reach out to you guys and maybe even hire someone on board um, to do editing or to come in and, and prove prove their worth within the organization of sit and kick and kind of build a little bit more of a foundation slash empire of kind of what we want to accomplish here. So if you enjoy listening to the podcast and you have a, a background in editing or you have a background in video editing or things like that, like let us know. We can we can definitely get in communication. I don't know. Josh is going to be the boss man of it all. I'll be the assistant, good cop, bad <laughs> cop. I'll say you're hired. Josh will say you're fired, but we'll get you we'll get you on and and we want to be able to bring you guys genuine content and genuine um, likeness to what we do. Like it, it, our life is no secret and we don't want it to be a secret. And our personalities are also no secret. And we want to be able to expose that and expose other personalities. And if you want to be a part of something great, something phenomenal, um, let us know. Let us know. That's something and it that would be a paid position. It would be a paid position. Um, Josh already fronted a bunch of money from his personal contract and his personal <laughs> personal endorsements. And, you know, I will give you one GameStop share um, for signing up. And uh, yeah, we could, we could make it work. Yeah, just reach out and, and, and we can go from there. And that would be, be very cool um, mm -hmm. to do that. I think we both put up on our stories today. Uh, let's, see, asking, let's see what we got. Ask, I think what we should do, Dave, I haven't looked at mine for a bit. I haven't looked at mine either. I'm going to read every single one and I'm going to answer it right away. Okay. But we're going to go back and forth. Okay. And like, it doesn't matter how weird it is. We're just going to do quick fire answers. All right. So we only uh, have six on the sit and kick, but I have a, I have a handful on my personal one as well. So then I will open mine. You open yours. We'll go back and forth, answer them fast. I have, you probably have more than me. So I have nine on mine. So limit it to 10. Okay. I have 18. Okay. Nice, nice flex. So you're going to have to choose, but go ahead and start it up then. Unless you wanted to just rapid fire nine and then we alternate. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Some of these aren't even questions, but we, we can just go for whatever anyone said. Right. How, how does it feel to be one-on-one -on -one against me? Um, Gavin, you've never scared me and you will never scare me. Uh, another person said me. That's all they said, though. Um, if you were select, uh, elected IWF slash World Athletics president, what are the top three things you would change? That's definitely not quick fire. I'll come back to it. Um, why is David so small? Needs to hit the weights more. I want to roast him on this, but the kid puts up weight, and that's all I'm going to say. Uh, Eric Jenkins thinks he could take you in a fight. Thoughts? Um, I did listen to that podcast. I did hear him say that. It sounds like he's got a nice fighting background, but you know, 
when we, when we finish a race, we go out for some beers. I'm sure we could have a fun little wrestle. Um, put all the pro coaches in a 1500 meter run uh, race. Who's winning? Uh, Danny Mackey. What happened? Did David get into a fight with his razor or did he, did it break halfway through? I kind of like his hair, but whatever. Uh, I don't know what's worse. Dave's new hair, Josh's neck beard, definitely my neck beard. David two, Josh zero. In what world are you living in? Mm. Um, getting a communication degree from UNM is kind of like big school, no dreams. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, let's alternate. That's a good one to end on. Um, <laughs> okay, so uh, I'll start off with one if you're ready to retaliate. So yeah. what do you think of Spencer as a new member of the team? Well, funny enough, he's becoming a beast. He's not a beast. So he'll, he'll be working his way into the, the programming of that if he hits that Olympic, stand, Olympic trial standard. Uh, who's the distance runner with the biggest ego? Uh, that's difficult, by the way. Is it because it's me? Probably. <laughs> if you can't think of it, it's kind of like the thing. If you're like, you can't think yeah. of the most annoying person in the room, it must be you. No, so. I wouldn't say. Uh, I don't know. The thing is, I would say central, but the kid has a freaking gold medal. Yeah. So that's difficult not to. Let's just say, let's just say me. Okay. Uh, what would you be doing if you weren't a pro runner? Um, I'd probably be writing a lot more and I'd probably be a podcast host of some unpopular podcast that has nothing to do with my occupation. <laughs> Punch Craig in the mouth. <laughs> he, he, he's due a couple knuckle sandwiches, I will say. <laughs> uh, why did Josh copy David in getting verified? You know, maybe that 2-0 thing is reference to you signing after me um, uh-huh. and becoming a Brooks Beast and then also getting verified directly after me. So maybe that's just the response you need. Dave came out and told me he was verified and I realized that they were just handing out to anyone. So I just applied and got it within 12 hours. Um, You're the third best 1500 meter runner from Edinburgh AC. That is a factual statement PR wise, but that's, that's all I'm going to (laughs) say. When will Josh grow his mustache? Uh, Probably the same time he becomes the best uh, athlete in the the Edinburgh track club. Edinburgh. Um, Also at Dave, did we really need three picks uh, in front of that truck? No, we didn't. It wasn't his truck. He's using someone else's truck. And you know what? He's just trying to be this like really like savvy social media cool guy. And it didn't work. It's called aesthetics. Look it up. Um, How many years will it take to Josh for Josh to finish college? Again, similarly for Josh to be the the leader in the Edinburgh um, track club, he'll probably finish college. One more year, dude. That's all it takes. Um, ask Dave if him being verified will sell more books. Oh, 100%. I've already sold four. <laughs> Altogether. Altogether in my life. Um, would you rather only race the 800 for life or get gold in Tokyo and have to retire right away? Dude, gold medal and out. 100%. You know how much money we'd make? You make so much can't money tell that you. podcast would be verified. <laughs> we can't tell you how much we money. We can't tell make. you how much we make, but we, there is a number and we do know it. <laughs> and there's a significant amount of figures on it. Um, Josh is a world qualifier. I understand why he got verified, but Dave, question mark, question mark. You know, it's crazy when you write a book and you set a world record in the four ball mile and you're a professional athlete for a, a major company in the, in the world, even for shoes. Um, yeah, it makes sense to get verified. Um, all right. How many books are you going to give away to other athletes if you make an Olympic team? If I make the Olympic team, I will give my book for free to everyone in that Olympic trials final. Do any of them want them? No, but they'll learn how to make an Olympic team. Uh, just change it to the Josh Care podcast. 
we've we've flirted around with that idea i'm sure yeah and then and we realized it would get absolutely no interest all right so i'm out of questions but let's take a little bit more time and respond to the six questions that are submitted over the sit and kick instagram and we'll probably wrap it up with this just because this is a longer bit for a two-person episode but it is a good episode in my opinion so we're going to start away josh will josh be fighting craig angles yes all right any context or just going to be a short quick answer there um yes i will continue this conversation he called me thick. Two C's. With the, with the double C's. I feel like Jenkins was kind of standing up for me, which is great to hear, which is why, why we'll go out for some beers and wrestle just for the fun of it. In some mud. <laughs> In some mud. Um, <gasps> but, yeah, I don't, I don't understand it. You know, he thinks we have a rivalry. You know, it's whatever. You know, in, in big moments, he doesn't seem to sack up. That's okay. You know, Craig or Eric? Oh, correct. Okay. Like NCAAs, you know, obviously didn't go well for him. That's fine. World Championships obviously didn't go well for him. That's okay. You know, the what about Portland those Portland meet, meets? The Portland meet. <laughs> that's okay. You know, you can get into Monaco because you got, you know, you got this big brand with you, but, you know, it's okay. Do what you need to do. It's okay. It's okay. The soothing voice of a Scottish man. But like you can, I mean, he's got a great following. Like you know, he's a great influence for, for you know, young high school boys that want to live in a car. And you know, like I don't want to live in something that can move. Like you can have this like house that like doesn't move, and and you, you yeah you have to pay rent or you buy a house and you have to pay a mortgage, and you have to pay for your car insurance. But you know what? Like I'm okay having both. I really am. And, you know, I'm not a guy that's like, you know, I'm going to buy a house and live in the garden. I'm just not that kind of guy. But that's fine. So what was the question? Sorry. I think you answered it. Uh, um, so the next question, when's the current angles fight? And who could David face so, as the opener? <laughs> who, who could David face as the opener without Spencer. being killed? So you're the card fight and I'm the opener. Yeah, I'd 100% fight Spencer. And here's the, here's the reason I'd fight Spencer. That wet noodle of a man who puts gloves on his hands and chafes his nuts in a workout has the audacity socks on his hands socks on his hands what did i say gloves oh i meant to say socks as gloves on his hands that wet noodle has the audacity to oh, with 100 percent confidence on a long run say yeah i could beat david in a fight no chance he could beat me in a fucking or i i grab i freaking grappled with drew windle when you're doing uh taekwondo stuff or jujitsu stuff with danny back in like 19 and drew gets done he's like dang he's like you're a lot stronger and a lot more savvy than i thought you were i'm like yeah i wrestled for multiple years you know i got beat by a girl and i have no shame in that when i wrestled as a young kid because that girl went on to win the state title but here's the facts though spencer weighs less than me has less reach than me less less athletic ability than me he would be the under underdog i mean like if this was a betting line in vegas you would cash out like GameStop if you bet on him so there's no <laughs> chance that that would even be an even matchup. So the what I think would be up, even up, better up, 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 and then you just get knocked out. <laughs> yeah. What I would think would be even better than a fight with me versus Spencer. Cause I think that would be pretty boring. If we're doing a card fight for you and Craig, I think it's only right to have your boy fight his boy. And me and Jenkins would take it into the ring leading up into your dad's fight. You get fucked up by Jenkins. Hey, and you know what? That's okay. <laughs> I would, I would go into a ring, lose the fight. <laughs> Only to have you win the the card fight and then we cash out. Is, big. This is this is where this is where like we need to think about it, right? Yeah. Like in a ring, like there's 
evidently not going to be a weight class, which means I can jump up to 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. Like j- put me in a gym, you know, get my brother out here. We'll, we'll get to work. And, you know, it, it's going to be like a, a Jake Paul versus Nate Robinson situation. Yeah. He's going down like a sack, sack of tatties, mate. He's going down hard. He's going down like a bunny lass. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Fair. Okay. Cross nice country question. is now a winter Olympic sport. Who would handle the cold better, Josh or David? Me. Do you think you would beat me over 10K and cross? I, any, any distance, yeah. Uh, I, I want to argue with you, but the fact that you beat me in 8K doesn't give me a lot of room to wiggle. So, yeah, I would, I would, go, ahead, I would go ahead and say... Josh would probably handle deal with the cold. Josh would handle the cold better. I mean, like we did a time trial and like, I am literally thick, not thick with two C's. I'm like, I'm a twig. And, and when I get cold, I get cold very fast. And so I'm, I'm skinny with two ends because there is actually two ends in skinny. Um, Mm -hmm. But Josh would probably handle the cold better. And because I'm undefeated, defeated against Josh, I guess I, undefeatedly defeated against Josh. I can't say that I would beat him in cross. So we'll give it to the guy that finished last at NCAAs. Um, <laughs> vote for yourself or the other person in a who would win in a fight poll. Thoughts? Um, it's a lot of fight things. A lot of fight things. That That's the conversation of the world right now. Um, yeah, like I guess that's kind of answered already. So we'll just go to the next one. I live for the roasts of the athlete special. Of the athlete special. Give us some hot takes. Um oh. I don't want to expose the man for too much because he does do a good job of expanding the following of our Brooks Beast page and, you know, like of our own athletes um, pages. But I will say that the man chafed pretty bad on a workout and was complaining left and right about how bad his um, package was damaged in delivery. And I asked him about it and he said, oh, David, please look. Um, and as a good teammate as I did, I helped him out. And I'll tell you what, it looked like it looked like a dragon fruit, man. It looked like a grapefruit. It was it was pretty raw. And I can only imagine how bad that shower was. Um, this is a PG podcast, but his grapefruits were um, blended. And I um, I helped Jesus. him out. I took one of the I, – I didn't do it myself. I told him, I was like, take one of those socks off your hands, wrap it around, tuck it in between those legs, right, and Dave, use that right. as a cushion. And what right, he did, bro. but what he did, no, no, no. What he did, though, was use that sock as cushion, and he finished the cool down. So I'll just expose the man. Is he needs he needs a lesson on how to take care of himself. That's it. That I feel like that's a good analysis of, of Spencer, is he needs life lessons of how to take care of himself. Precisely. Because I'm 99% sure that's Ostrander's full-time job. Yeah. <laughs> exactly she cooks for him she cleans for him she probably edits his youtube videos as well so just he's just got to take care of his business um last question of the podcast before we wrap up josh how do you feel about signing second and verified second maybe you're not the better host okay that's fine if that's your opinion i'm okay with that you're such you're such a loser well no i i'm fully okay with like you obviously having like an issue of not knowing what the truth is and that's fine Mm. That's, that's I'm okay all right. with that. Um, we'll like, wrap are up. you dumb? Like, do you not know who you're talking about? Like, no, are you serious? You're talking to Josh Kidd. Do you know minutes. who I am? Do you know I was knocked out in 2017? <laughs> you know, like you've got a you got a long uh, long list of things to to banter with that person about. And funny enough, that's the the running meme account that's been putting us on blast with the, your whole peanut allergy. So if you do want some funny laughs, they are doing a good job at the running memes or no. their their Instagram, but. Lastly, I had to give a little shout out to a Division II record that went down 1337 at the Birmingham Indoor. Christian Nobles, good to see. 1337? Um, 1337. 
Oh, wow. Good. Yeah, so he ran 1337, soloed it as well, consistent 244Ks, and then ran like 241 for his last. So rightful rightful shout out there. Um, Christian Noble is a listener of the podcast, and he does a lot of promotion for us over his story. So I want to give him a little shout out. D2 record went down. He's in a 3K at JDL. I hope he grabs my 3K record of 750. Um, That would be cool to see. Uh, I think the best thing for records to do is to fall fast, unless they're the 1500-meter outdoor record. I want that to stay for a while. I'm sure Josh wants us to stay for a while, but... Mine will because we won't race, race. Exactly. So, yeah. All right, guys. Typically, at the end of the episode, we let the guest name it, but because I'm the better host and Josh is practically <laughs> the guest of this podcast, um, Josh is going to go ahead and name it. Not going to give him any prep, not going to oh. give him any warning. He's going to have to come out here, name it off the top of his head. Uh. All right, Josh, I'm going to say three, two, one. You know the drill, and you're going to have to do it. Are you ready? No, I don't care if you're not. All right, three, two, one six months of banner within 60 minutes mm. all right you're you're creative your alliteration. alliteration your alliteration is working out all right guys <laughs> welcome back to the podcast season four is underway next week will be more interesting but this week we're the most interesting so just that's some anticipation built we're happy to be back we're happy to be working and uh let's get this going baby all righty all right he wants to kick he's gotta go now with Josh Kerr. All right, here David Rivich. Josh Kerr. David Rivich. Josh Kerr's for real. Fastest D2, 1500 meters. Josh Kerr on the outside. Way up front now is David Rivich. 